Dear single mom, welcome to our fifth episode. I'm your host, Meg Delagrange, and I'm really excited about today's episode. It's a really special one to me, and it all starts the day I was born. The way that my mom tells the story is that she was 18 years old, she was newly married, and she was living on a small Amish farm with her Amish husband. Yes, they were Amish. And she was milking the cows in the barn when she went into labor. She doesn't tell me what happened after that except it was surprising to her. It was the worst pain that she'd ever experienced. And at some point during her labor with me, she took off running down the road just to get away from the pain. She wanted to do anything to get away from the pain. But she ended up going through the pain because there was no other option. And I was born several hours later in an upstairs bedroom of their white farmhouse. And I was delivered right into the waiting hands of a local Native American midwife, which was an unusual choice for a young Amish couple to not have a midwife that was from their circles, but outside of their circles. I'm really not sure what led to them having a midwife who wasn't from their culture, but I really feel as though from the very beginning I was born into diversity. I was born in a different culture, the Amish culture, and within that culture, a Native American delivered me. And when I think of going back to my roots, it has a lot of significance for many reasons that I won't go into here and expand on. Really what I want to tell you about is how my parents named me and how my name has become such a shifting part of my identity. My parents both had different ideas about what they wanted to name me, but they also didn't know what my sex would be until I was born. And when they found out I was a girl, they were having some disagreements about what my name would be. My mom wanted to name me Rhoda or Laura or Rachel, and my dad wanted to name me after my mom, and her name was Anna Margaret. Now, it's not traditional for Amish folks to have two names, like a first name and a middle name. Typically, they only have a first name and then the middle name is simply an initial. That's all. Just simple. And so my dad wanted to call me Anna Margaret and my mom didn't. So they put all the name suggestions in his hat and I like to picture that he swirled all, that my dad swirled all of the names in his wide-brimmed black Amish hat and all of those little slips of paper were bouncing in this hat like a destiny that was an accident or just a chance. But it's an exciting moment. And then he reached into the hat 
and his fingers closed around one of those random white pieces of paper and he pulled it out and opened it and the fate of my name was revealed. They called me Anna Margaret. I was my mom's namesake and in many ways I grew up thinking that I would be just like my mom, that I would do what she did and that I would marry someone similar to who she married. Um, Particularly, I remember thinking I would definitely marry someone who was 10 years older than me because that's what she did. But my life definitely didn't turn out the same way that my mom's life turned out. The winds of change blew me far away from that white farmhouse in upstate New York. And during the course of over 22 moves in 29 years, I took on so many different identities. Many of them were so different from my mother's identity. The first identity that I took on was abused. My childhood was filled with pain, sexual abuse and physical abuse in my home and amongst my friends. I often felt confused and really empty. Socially awkward was another identity that I had because my family moved frequently and I found that I didn't fit in anywhere. I learned that it was easier to keep to myself and so I did but I was always drifting on the outskirts of the society that I found myself in, just wanting to be a part of it, but I didn't really deserve to be a part of it, and I didn't know how. I became a member when I joined the church that my family was part of, and at this point they had left the Amish and now were part of Mennonites, so it was a different circle, but I still hadn't really fit in, but I thought maybe becoming a member was going to make all that difference. And I was so proud to be a member and to hold that title. I became a wife when I got married at the young age of 19. And being a wife was really the ultimate goal when I was younger because it was really the only outcome of your life that was expected and normal and made sense. If you're 21 and you weren't married, people would start to be a little bit concerned about you. If you were 25 and you weren't married, you're most definitely an old maid and something was most definitely wrong with you. So when I faced the proposal of a courtship and a non-traditional betrothal at the age of 18, I wasn't sure that I wanted it, but I felt like it was the only option for me. Only a year and a half into my marriage, my husband and I were excommunicated from the Mennonite church that we got married in. And through that, I was cut off from everything I'd ever known. Leaving the plain lifestyle I was familiar with forever. And at the same time, we moved out of the state to another state. So 
Not only was I cut off from everything I'd known, but I was quite literally finding myself in a new place where I, everything was also new. So there was nothing familiar in my life. And I took that excommunication as a really painful loss. And a loss that I didn't really identify until recent years. Later I struggled with the loss of miscarriages and I faced a barren womb as I said goodbye to one baby after another. My body wasn't able to keep pregnancies and the most devastating loss was when I said goodbye to twins. I was almost four months pregnant, actually, excuse me, I was almost five months pregnant. I was over four months pregnant, almost five months pregnant, when my twins were removed from me through a DNC procedure because I wasn't able to deliver them naturally, which was another devastating moment. I really just wanted to be able to hold my babies and see them, and I was not able to. Then I took on the identity of a military spouse when my husband joined the Air Force. And finally, a couple years later, I went through four surgeries before I was able to have my daughter. And she was a miracle. The painful medical procedures and losses seemed like they were all worth it when I was holding that miracle baby in my arms. I took on the identity of a foreigner once again when I found myself living abroad in Tokyo, Japan, where my husband had received military orders. I absolutely loved living in Tokyo and I threw myself into the culture there, actually finding that I felt more at home in Tokyo than I had in mainstream America where no one's normal made sense to me. The culture of Japan made a lot of sense to me. I was betrayed though as I watched my marriage fall apart in Japan. It shattered my carefully pieced identity. My identity had already been rocky. My marriage had never been healthy or thriving, but it was really what I had left. And when it fell apart, I didn't know where I belonged or who I was separated for over two years I lived in limbo in the separation I never knew which way was up and finally it led to the label of divorcee as almost 10 years of marriage were dissolved and on the day that I stood in court and the judge asked us whether there was any hope for this marriage and I looked across this cold courtroom and watched my husband respond with a simple no I felt that last shred of something that I could hold on to being ripped away from me And I really thought that this brought me to the end, to a divorce, 
to the end of everything that made sense or to the end of hope and that there could not be any more hope. But was this really going to be the end? And as you guess, it wasn't the end. During my divorce, I had the opportunity to change my name. It was introduced to me as part of this required methodical process. My divorce lawyer called me and told me that I would have the opportunity to not only change my last name, but the rest of my name as well if I wanted to. And at first, I disregarded the notion completely. I mean, why would I change my name? Hadn't I gone through enough change in one lifetime? As I drove home that day, my spirit was really low and my body felt numb. But as I drove along, I felt a stirring deep inside of me. And I quivered as a familiar voice broke through the fog that was smothering me and spoke to me in my spirit. I have given you a new name. Suddenly, I saw a new name in front of me, a name that celebrated my value, a name that celebrated my ancestry, a name that filled my future with hope, a name that symbolized a new beginning, a name that was chosen specifically for me, Margaret Ann Delagrange. That was the name that I saw. Now, when I was 13 years old, my friends had all started calling me Meg, and that stuck. I've been Meg ever since I was 13, and but it wasn't really a nickname that I necessarily chose, but it also did feel like a name that was completely me. So now I would still be Meg, but my formal name would be Margaret Ann Delagrange. I chose my grandmother's maiden name of Delagrange as my new last name because I was always proud of that smidgen of French heritage in my otherwise German ancestry. And when I saw my new name, I didn't even realize what all it meant. But my name given to me at birth Anna Margaret meant a gracious pearl. My new name, Margaret Ann, reversed the meaning to mean a pearl of grace. You wouldn't think there's much of a difference, but my new name told me that I was no longer simply a name picked from a hat. I was no longer just a chance. I was no longer a helpless little girl. I was no longer any of the things that I lived through, whether I lived through them graciously or not. The pain of my past had taken the dirt inside of me and formed a pearl. I am a pearl of grace. My new name told me that I am now a woman. The rough things in my past have polished me until I glow from the pain, a pearl of grace has been birthed. Today, I'm a proud pearl of grace. 
today I know that I'm here on this earth on purpose for a purpose. Today the lines around my eyes are full of joy, carved by pain. Today I shine. Today I am free. And today I know that my story is supposed to tell someone else that there's still hope and that all of the identities that you've lived through and clung to they are all working together to form you into a precious pearl of great value that the more you go through the brighter that you shine and the more purpose you have so don't give up hope and don't worry if you feel like every identity is lost right now because I know that if you feel that way there's still more that you have to discover and there's a deeper identity that you probably just haven't discovered yet hang on and keep hoping